Welcome to the Call to Serve podcast. An inside look at missionary service and its lifelong impact. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Called to Serve podcast. I'm Nathan, your host. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, go and do that. It is at Called to Serve Media. And that's just on Instagram. Got a lot of cool content, a lot of valuable, um, just, just things to boost you up spiritually. And if you're preparing for a mission, definitely check out my newest book, Finding Your Why, How to Get the Most Out of Your Mission. It's a great resource. So, but without further ado, I'm here with Liz Baker. She is a co-host of the podcast Connected in Christ. And we're going to talk about companionships today. But before that, Liz, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I found your podcast a little while ago and I've been binge listening to all the episodes and just really enjoyed listening to the perspective of so many people. Uh, where they're coming from and everything. And I've just loved listening to it. But yeah, I'm a co-host for the podcast Connected in Christ and is a group of five women where we are all different denom- denominations of different Christian churches and Christian faiths. And we just get together and kind of have a round table discussion every week about different topics in the gospel and how we can really learn how to connect one with another through Christ and our belief and faith in Christ. And it's just been phenomenal. We finished recording all our whole season one. And so those come out on Tuesdays and yeah, I live in Utah right now in Bountiful and I grew up in Canada though. I served a full-time mission in Ukraine, the Kiev Ukraine mission. And that was a little while ago. Um, And yeah, I have five kids ages 13 down to four. And that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I love just with your podcast, I love the idea of five different co-hosts, all from different denominations. I just think that's so cool. Yeah. When I, when I was just kind of researching your podcast, about, I found that just that information. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool just to get the different perspectives. And I think it really goes along with the name of, you know, Hey, we all believe in Christ, all the different perspectives on things, you know, how can we just connect and bring people together in a world sure. that's continually becoming more divided? Oh, for sure. And these other women who don't, there's two of us that go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but three other women that go to non-denominational churches. And I have learned so much from these women, just from their perspective and their life experiences of coming unto Jesus and their journey to Jesus um, just even using different versions of the Bible has been really amazing because I've always just used the King James version that the church produces. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And that is the one I'm most comfortable with and I'm most familiar with. And I love it, especially since it has the Joseph Smith translation in it. But the other versions of the Bible that are a little simpler to read. I have gained so much new understanding. And especially as these women talk about the Bible and about Jesus, I feel like my own testimony just has grown so much from listening to their own testimonies of Jesus. Yeah. Well, I I believe it. I believe it. And I I think that kind of goes into just with companions and companionships on the mission, like that everyone has different experiences, you know, and even from this, you know, same denomination and such, you know, we've all lived very different lives in many cases. And 
you know, there's always something you can learn from, from someone else and from, from their knowledge, their experience. I really, I really like that you mentioned that. Um, and just kind of with that, just in terms of companionships was, I guess, what makes a good companion on the mission, at least in, in your opinion, when you were serving, obviously you know, you've gained question. some more wisdom and knowledge since then, Yeah. Uh, but what would you say makes a good companion on the mission? Oh goodness, this is such a good, good question. Because I think that if you were to talk to most return missionaries, their number one challenge was either A, the language if they went somewhere foreign, mm-hmm. or B, their companions. <laughs> and it is just one of those things. It's almost like a wake-up call when you first start to serve. So I got to serve when I was 21, back when the age for women to serve was 21. And I started my mission at the end of 2004. And when I went to the MTC, I was actually in a threesome. And I had a kind of a strange district, they call them, because we actually had only one elder in our group and three sisters going to Ukraine in that mm-hmm. group. And it was kind of a really unique dynamic in our classrooms because I was in the MTC for 12 weeks. And I am so glad that they have changed that. I love the MTC, but getting the kids out into the field as soon as possible, I think has been a really good change. Um, the way that they've set up the, like the MTC, the pre-mission training and everything, because I promise you, I sat in the classroom for 12 weeks trying to learn Ukrainian. And the moment I got over there, I'm like, this is not the language I learned. And so <laughs> the fact that they they put kids out in the field sooner now, I think is brilliant. Yeah. And so when you're in the MTC, okay, so when you're in the MTC, you're in classes all day long, you're with somebody 24-7, and there's no real way to walk away from them, especially if you're having problems. So let's say you just disagree on something, or maybe they're just a personality that you're just not used to. So they kind of offend you in just the little things they do, right? And normally up to the point, um, like before the MTC and up to that point in your life, even with siblings, when they annoy you, you kind of just walk away from them, right? You just don't want to deal with it. And you're just like, yeah, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with this. And you walk away, right? But once you're in the MTC and you have that mission companion, there's no just walking away. Yeah, you may have a minute to breathe, maybe if you go to the bathroom or something, but (laughs) they really are your companions. And I just remember, and I'm sure this happens to everybody, but I just remember having completely the wrong idea of who my companions were. I think we were all nervous. We were all new to the situation and we were all coming from different um, backgrounds. Like I came from Canada. My one companion came from Wyoming and the other companion came from Utah Mm -hmm. and we all got together and we weren't mean to each other by any means, but we were really just kind of wrapped up into ourselves when we first got there. Like when you're preparing for a mission, it really is all about you. Like you have to get your mission stuff prepared Everyone is doting on you. Everyone's congratulating you. Everyone is praising you for doing this. And you're just kind of wrapped up into your own little world. Yeah. And then you get into the MTC because it's all about you, right? Preparing for a mission it is all about you and getting you ready. Then you get into the MTC and then you realize really quickly and 
the sooner you realize this, the better off you're going to be. It isn't about you anymore. It just isn't. And so once you're able to get out of your own mind and out of your own head and start showing a lot of sympathy and understanding to your companions and those around you, you're going to find that the problems that you're dealing with and the struggles you're dealing with aren't as hard or as difficult as you may think. So we're in this threesome. We're together 24-7. We're in classes 12 hours a day. We're all trying to figure our stuff out, trying to, you know, not be too nervous about the fact that in a few weeks we're going to go over to this country that none of us have ever been to. And it's just kind of overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. And usually when people are in that mindset, they're kind of in a mindset of fight or flight, right? Or freeze sometimes people say. You're kind of in that guarded fight or flight mode because everything is new and your body wants to protect you. Your mind wants to protect you. And when you're in that mode, you tend to act defensive. So what you do is you put on your guard and you get defensive over everything anyone says. And you don't take the time to understand the other person. And that's really, really hard. So we didn't necessarily get along. Like we got along, but we didn't really connect that well in the MTC. And there was feelings that were hurt. And I just actually opened my journal. I was reading. And I, those first few weeks, I really complained in my journal about how awful my situation was, how hard it is and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until... I realized that I was really looking at myself in a really selfish way that I realized that I could help solve this problem. It wasn't on those other girls, my companions to solve this. And it was truly, I know this sounds cliche, but as soon as I got out of my head and my own selfish desires about like, woe is me and stop playing so much the victim, I realized as soon as I started just focusing on my savior, things really did get better. I didn't worry about what my companions were doing or saying, or maybe they were ignoring me and whatnot. Now my feelings were getting hurt. But once I stopped focusing on what they were doing and started focusing on the word and on Jesus and thinking to myself, oh, what more can I learn about Jesus today? What can I learn about Jesus today at this opportunity in this moment that will help me serve other people. And when you start your mission and you're in the MTC, you start off by serving your companions. And I thank goodness I had 12 weeks in there, I guess, because it really did take me way too long to figure this out. That if I learned to serve my companions in a way Christ would serve them, those little things that were getting in our way of connecting, like those little offenses that we were doing to each other or annoyances, they kind of just disappeared because you were just too busy trying to focus on Jesus and what he was like and who he is and, and just your own testimony of Jesus. And once you realize that you're not out there for your own gain necessarily, but out there to, to be an instrument in God's hands and in the savior and an example of the savior, a lot of those problems just kind of disappeared and things really did get easier. And it was because of my focus and the choice to learn more about the Savior and learn how I will be able to be a better instrument in his hands. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I really like how you were talking about how really you came to the conclusion that 
it wasn't your companions that needed to do something different. It was your outlook. It was, you know, you taking ownership and realizing, Hey, I need to get outside myself. I need to serve them. And I would even add pray for them. That's one thing I found is on my mission is when I, when I was praying for them and I was serving them or trying to serve them, things were so much better. For sure. And yeah, is it even in the Bible dictionary when it talks about prayer and I didn't, this just came to my mind. So I'll probably butcher the actual quote in the Bible dictionary. But I think if you look up prayer in the Bible dictionary, it talks about that's the way we become one with God is through prayer. And I think when we pray for others and pray specifically for our companions and not in a way of like, dear Heavenly Father, please help my companion to be nicer to me, you know, like not in that sense, right. you know. Right. But, but when we're praying, like, I think something is going on with my companion. I wonder what's going on. Please help me know how I can serve them so they can feel of thy love. Mm-hmm. How can I help my companion or whomever you're praying for, you know, like be supported and strengthened in whatever they may be going through? You're right. It does automatically unite yourself with them. And when we become one with God and one with Christ, that will also, like, and as we seek to become one with our companions or whoever we're serving with, that's when the real work starts to happen. And the real, for lack of a better word, magic in missionary work mm-hmm. really starts to happen because you're on, because of that unity and that Zion-like relationship that we can have with our companions through prayer and through scripture study together and through the guidance of the Holy Ghost, Satan can't stop the work when you're in that sort of relationship with your companion. And that's really powerful in my mind. Yeah, no, it really is. And and I was just thinking, you know, I think, no, it's kind of similar to that quote from, I believe it was President Kimball, when he talks about no success can compensate for failure in the home. Essentially. Yes. Uh-huh. And, it's, and I think obviously it's a different sit, kind of situation on the mission, but it's, but it's similar. It's like, it doesn't matter how many baptisms, how many lessons, how many, like whatever you're doing, you know, outside of your apartment, if there's not unity and the spirit in your apartment, then it doesn't matter what else is happening outside of there, because you're, you're not going to be as fulfilled. You're just not going to feel as good because quite frankly in my experience at least as a missionary you're you're transferred fairly frequently and you know some more than others and you don't always get the chance to connect with people on a on a very i guess i guess strong basis because you're just bouncing around a lot of times you're moving a lot and if you don't have a connection even with your companion you know be it only six weeks or 12 weeks however long you're with them if you don't have that, then it's, it's really hard. Not that you can't do it, but it's so much harder if you're not connected. You're not one in Christ if you're not unified. And oh, that's just sure. something this is something I found. Oh, for sure. And and going along with that, as you were just talking about that, this thought came to my mind, an example from my mission, actually. So oftentimes when we focus on the numbers, and getting a certain amount of baptisms or whatever, so you can look really good, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're just focused on looking good for those, for the outside appearance, right? Um, rather than taking the time to 
um, uh, like really connect with your companion and have the spirit with you. It doesn't matter how many numbers you get. Like you were saying, you're not going to be fulfilled, right? Because for example, my mission, if you, if I was to go back and try to figure out my quote unquote numbers of baptisms, it doesn't look very good, right? Mm-hmm. Especially since a lot of the work that the sister missionaries had to do was um, had to do with re what's the word to help people that join the church, but then really fast, but then fell away, right? Reactivity or something. yeah, like reactivation like, type, yeah, yeah. I think we're like we're how what we really focused on. Yeah, it was really good that we baptized all these people, but where are they? Like mm-hmm. I, would, I would look at the the books or the records and I'd say, oh, so-and-so got baptized. Well, where are they? They're not coming to church, right? And yeah. so that was actually a lot of my focus. But I have to tell you that because I didn't focus on the numbers, I was focusing on, do I have the spirit? And am I, and are we waking up every single morning with the intention of having the spirit together with the intention of teaching and talking about Christ? And that is what's going to fulfill you on your mission is if you honestly, with a sincere heart, strive to seek Christ in all you do, seek Christ for your own personal conversion, seek Christ so you can connect with your companions, seek Christ so you can bring his message and his love to those you are serving, that will automatically like will that will fulfill you because you're feeling the spirit, but you'll also have peace knowing that there is a work going on that you can't see because it's not about you. So when you have the spirit with, when you and your companion can connect and have that spirit and stay strong, as you go out and teach together, you're not going to see the fruits of your labor all the time. And that's okay. And you don't need to see those fruits to be fulfilled because if you know that you have have had the spirit in, in your work, then you can be, then you can come home knowing that you did a good job. So I just want to tell a really quick story. So, um, I, so I went to Ukraine, came home in 2006. Then a couple of years later, I got married. And then even years later, I think this would have been in 2012. So six years later, Mm -hmm. I had I had my two oldest boys at this point and we're living in the Salt Lake area and me and a friend decided to take our kids down to Temple Square to the Christus. Now, I think that Christus is gone, unfortunately, now with the renovation. But um, for those of you that are familiar with that visitor center, you have to walk up the spiral to get to the Christus, right? Mm-hmm. I was walking up and I looked up and I saw a girl up there, a sister missionary. I'm like, Man, she looks familiar. And I don't know what that, like, who is she? Who is she? And I got closer. And I saw the Ukrainian flag on her name tag and I got closer and it all of a sudden dawned on me who she was. She was a sister of a girl that we used to teach that investigated the church who for, fortunately, her sister fortunately got baptized. And when I saw her, I'm like, Ira, like what? What like it blew me away because she would never sit in our discussions. She'd be in the next room, wow. but she would never sit in our discussions ever. And she had no interest, in, no interest in the church at all. So I left the area right, and um, I guess a couple of years later, she Ira was just walking along the street, and she ran into missionaries from the church, 
And she remembered how me and my companion would go and teach and we'd come into our home. And she said that she was immediately drawn to those missionaries because she couldn't feel the spirit. This Like she could feel the spirit when we would go and teach, but she didn't really understand it. But when she found those missionaries again, she could feel that spirit again. And she was immediately drawn to the church again. And she eventually got baptized and then she served a mission. So my point is, is that when you really focus on the savior and teach about the savior, people are going to feel that spirit and be drawn to it. And when they're ready, they're going to connect with that spirit, which comes from Christ. So it's just so important that we are constantly striving to have the spirit in our lives with our, whether it's with our companions or just teaching other people. And you won't know the difference you're going to be making because the spirit can reach people that you can't and nor will you ever will be able to, because it's not coming from you. It's coming from the spirit. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And I, and I think that's, you know, you talk about the numbers and really, if you have the spirit, everything else kind of just falls into place because if you have the spirit and you're following the promptings you're receiving, you know, obviously you're not forgetting about the numbers, but you're realizing, okay, the most important thing is number one, being unified and having the spirit, because if that's not the case, then nothing we do really is going to have any lasting effect. And, uh, and I like that you mentioned that because yeah, having the spirits, one of the best things you can do as a, as a companion is do your best to, to pray for, to serve and to have that spirit with you, to live according to God's law and, you know, to have that. So you can be that, that good companion, you know, for sure. sure. And also if the spirit is where Zion is. So we often think of Zion as a city, a specific place. But as I read the Doctrine and Covenants, I really love how it explains to us that Zion is found in our stakes, which is our the wards, right? And it's we can have Zion here and now when we have the spirit. And I feel like that's something that all of us really do need to remember that as our world gets more and more chaotic, which is going to until the savior comes again, whenever that may be, we we're told that prior to the second coming, it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be a world of confusion and that Satan really is going to be working his hardest to bring like take souls away from the savior. And it's going to be kind of scary, right? But it doesn't have to be. And as we strive to mm-hmm. connect with the Savior, that's where the safety is found. That's where we're going to feel the Spirit. And when we feel the Spirit, we know that we are in the hands of the Lord. And it's really important that we remember that, that as we strive to have that Spirit of unity, Spirit of Zion, the whole, which all is the Holy Ghost, we that the Holy Ghost connects us to Jesus Christ and to our Heavenly Father. And that's where the safety is. That's Zion no matter where you're at. So it doesn't matter if you're serving a full-time mission and you're called to anywhere in the world, or maybe you're home from your mission and reality hits and you're just like, Oh, what's going on? It's, it can be overwhelming, but we don't need to be because as we strive to connect to their savior, that's where peace and safety and Zion is found. And I feel like that's a concept that I'm just barely starting to realize over the last couple of years as I've strived to make the savior, the, the focal point of my life. And I've seen huge changes in my life 
of just being a little more calm and at peace despite what's going on in the world. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's powerful. That's powerful. And kind of with that, as we wrap things up here, I just wanted to to get your thoughts on this question of just how does Christ specifically help us to connect with both the people we serve and those that we serve with, whether that's on the mission, off the mission, before the mission, whatever it is, how does Christ, what role does he play in all of that? Oh, this is huge. I think it's, it's hard to maybe just come up with one specific answer. Right. But as you asked me that, I f- something popped into my mind. So I'm just going to share that. And it's Christ's ability to love. I think it comes down to love. So when I was teaching seminary, I had the opportunity to teach seminary for a year in Harriman. And then also in um, Rose Park, just in Salt Lake City there. And it was one of the other than my mission, it was the closest thing that I've been able to do um, that helped me feel like I was on my mission again, almost um, just that intense studying of the word and everything. But when I was out in Harriman, I had the opportunity to teach uh, um, teach someone that was part of the LGBTQ community. Um, it was a transgender um, boy. And um, I was a little bit nervous talk, teaching. We were talk, we were, I was teaching the Doctrine and Covenants. And of course, when I started, one of the first sections I had to teach was the section 132 of all about marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And I really started praying how I was going to, how I was supposed to teach the doctrine of Christ, but yet make this student feel loved and welcomed. And I remember going up to them before class started and talking and just seeing where they were at. And in that moment, and I just want to cry about it, the spirit bore witness to me that the Savior loved this individual wholeheartedly. And that whatever I was going to say that day, I had to make sure that they knew that the Lord loved them. That no matter, yes, we have doctrine. Yes, eternal marriage is between a man and a woman. And I believe that wholeheartedly. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the Lord loves this person and loves me and to feel like not only to know that, but actually feel that love the savior has for them was so powerful to me that that's, I knew that like without the savior and his love for everybody, this work can't go forward. That if we are not feeling Christ's love for others and and understanding why Christ did what he did on the cross with, through his atonement will never truly connect with those that we serve with and serve, serve, um, because it's all from a place of love. And so without the savior, we'll never truly like without my savior's example and knowing that he loves that individual then I don't think I would have the motivation to love them too. I don't know if that really makes sense, but in my mind it does. It just comes down to just like, I'm able to have faith in Jesus. i sorry. I should say this because of my faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't have Jesus, if we didn't have Christ and we didn't have Jesus, we wouldn't have faith. 
we wouldn't have the motivation to do anything. And so with that faith that I have in Christ, I can learn to love others. And when I learn to love others, I'll learn to serve them. And when I learn to serve them, I'll learn to connect with them and understand them and understand what they need. Because when we serve people, we really do need to understand what they need and what, and we can't understand, have that knowledge if it wasn't, wasn't for the spirit that comes from our savior. And I think that's what it comes down to for me is like the savior really does unite us as we all connect to him because, because we're going to learn to love each other and we're going to learn to serve as he served. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And thank you so much for, for, you know, you know, for elaborating and then just kind of summarizing, because I think that's just really powerful. Really, it comes down to Christ's ability to love and to enable us to be able to love, which really just unifies all of us, at least has the, the, the potential to, if we allow it to allow him to work in our life. And I think that's wonderful. But Liz, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank Where you. can people find the Connected in Christ podcasts and where can they follow you at? Okay, so you can either watch us on YouTube and it's just search um can connected in Christ podcast. We're also on Instagram. Our handle is connected in Christ podcast. Um, you can find me personally, um, my hand on Instagram. My handle is Liz.momlife today. And on my personal account, I share a lot about my journey and life as a mother, but also as um, someone that was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. So I talk a lot about my ADHD um, all there on Instagram. So those, and then you can listen to our podcast on any podcast streaming service. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll throw the link down below so they can check out the, uh, the connected in Christ Instagram page. And uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to the connected in Christ podcast, go do that, go watch on YouTube and go uh, go follow Liz Baker. But Liz, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and we'll chat later. Thank you. If you or someone you know is preparing for or currently serving a mission, check out the Called to Serve Mission Journals using the description below. They are specific to each mission and are based on the state or national flag. They've got a nice clean look. And Elder Richard G. Scott once said, quote, Write down in a secure place the important things you learn from the Spirit. You will find that as you write down precious impressions, often more will come. Also, the knowledge you gain will be available throughout your life. Close quote. The official Call to Serve mission journals are now live and available for purchase. We now have all the Australia, Mexico, and most of the United States missions live, available now. If you have trouble finding the mission you're looking for, please send us an email at calledtoservepodcast at gmail.com. Tap the link in the description below to pick up your journal today.